0: Welcome to Inside Maine. Today we're talking about an issue that's of concern to Maine people and people all across the country. The U.S. Postal Service delays in delivery and issues at the top. And I'm delighted to have with me the chairman of the Senate Homeland Security Committee that's in charge of the post office and a guy who has really taken a lead on this issue, Gary Peters, Senator Gary Peters of Michigan. Gary, thanks for, for joining me, and and can you give me uh, the uh, one-minute overview of, of where we are on the issues with the post office?
1: Well, absolutely, uh, Angus, and uh, thanks for having me on uh, on your podcast. It's uh, great to have an opportunity to talk to folks uh, across Maine about the, the Postal Service, uh, and certainly I'm focused uh, as well as you are on making sure that we guess the, the performance from the Postal Service, and we have seen a a decline, quite frankly, in service standards, and it's been correlated in large measure to a new Postmaster General that was put in place by the Board of Governors, uh, nominated through uh, the previous uh, president. And uh, as a result of uh, what we have seen in a number of uh, changes within the Postal Service and policies, as though we've seen a decline in the delivery uh, standards that we have come accustomed to. The the, the Postal Service uh, uh, tries to hit a service target of 96% of first class mail arriving on time from the, the sender to your your mailbox. Uh, that's one that they have traditionally come very close to, to hitting. In fact, uh, in, 19, in 2019, there were you know, around 90, 92%. But unfortunately, we have seen a, a decline. In fact, uh, the, the numbers that I just recently received from Maine is that roughly 81% of first class mail arrives on time uh, in Maine. Uh, when uh, the standard should be 96%. And uh, we're seeing uh, a low point, actually, in Maine, really during the holiday rush. uh, It was only 61% of mail. So nearly half the mail that was being sent was not arriving uh, on time. Uh, We need to fix that. Uh, The Postal Service does need a number of reforms, which we can talk about. But there's no question people rely on having on-time mail delivery uh, for every day. Or whether it is uh, making sure that uh, your bills get paid on time, you don't have uh, late fees. If you're a small business, sending packages, or if you need medicines, um, more and more medicines are arrive via the mail. And some of the stories I've heard in Michigan and Angus, I'm sure you've had them in Maine as well, where when when medicines arrive late, uh, that can create a real problem for folks. So we're focused on fixing it and are looking at a number of ways to do that.
0: Well, I understand that the the new the Postmaster General is talking about things like higher fees and less service. I mean, that's a recipe for putting the post office out of business. It
1: seems to me. Well, it, it is really concerning. There's no question. Now, we're we're there in the process of putting forward a a strategic plan uh, to deal with uh, service uh, to deal with the financial issues related to the postal service too. And we know we do have to uh, make a number of changes there that we can talk about and. And restructuring Uh, we know first-class mail volumes are down for example but on the other hand package deliveries are up and and so there's uh, opportunities for that revenue to go but uh, we're waiting for the final product uh, from the uh, Postal Service as to how they expect to put uh, the Postal Service on a sound financial footing Uh, but you're right I mean one of the proposals is to uh, slow down first-class mail uh, slow down the amount of mail that goes uh, on airplanes uh, for example but also see an increase uh, in the cost, and uh, that's not good business. Uh, clearly, uh, service standards when you when those start declining, uh, people then start looking for alternatives, and then you can get on a on a pretty dangerous uh, uh, slope downward, and, uh, and and get to a point where uh, it gets harder for the postal service to, to stay in business. So, uh,
0: well, the work I've done is not the answer. Well I, I in talking to people about the the fundamental problem of the, the finances of the post office, my understanding that in something like two thousand six, when neither you nor I were in the Senate, changes were made that required the post office to pre fund seventy five years of health expenses, which is a burden that practically no other business or government agency that I know of has to bear. And isn't that a large part of the of the financial uh, problem if if that were modified or moderated, wouldn't wouldn't that alleviate a lot of the pressure that's leading to these this idea of you know no Saturday deliveries and closing rural post offices? That would that would be a disaster. But isn't that pre-funding of the health benefits part of the problem?
1: Uh, you're right, Angus. It's it's a big part of the the problem. And you're also right. They have they have a requirement that Congress put on them. No other company in America has to meet and, and no other federal agency uh, has to, to meet. Uh, they should be treated just like any any other business, quite frankly. What uh, I also want to also say, you know, they're, they're not a business. They are a service. They provide a valuable service. And the, the strength of the U.S. Postal Service is that every address uh, in America has access uh, to mail. So you talk about rural areas and rural areas all across Maine. We want to make sure that they continue to have access to Quality postal services at an affordable price, uh, but the postal service right now is is uh, straddled with requirements that no other entity has to do. So that's a congressional fix. Uh, we're hoping to uh, have legislation before the Congress uh, sooner rather than later to deal with that, and that also uh, means uh, in addition to the health benefits, also when it comes to retirement uh, benefits as well. But the uh, when you're looking at uh, uh, health benefits, uh, it is. Uh, Uh, think about medicare Uh, when you retire uh, as far as your retirement benefits so it should be related to being on medicare as well and to integrate with medicare just like every other worker when you turn uh, uh, 65 or 66 depending on where you are in the the scale you'll go on to uh, uh, you'll have to be able to have medicare
0: well it's uh, i I hope we can address that Uh, gary is this a partisan issue are there is this uh, are there why haven't we fixed this problem before? It seems to me I I can I can think of proposals to, to fix this problem and address some of the issues of the Postal Service going back five or six years. Uh, how come it's so hard?
1: Well, uh, you're right, I guess it should not uh, be hard. Uh, the Postal Service is, should not be a partisan issue in any way. It's a service to deliver mail from point A to, to point B and to do it as efficiently and Cost-effectively as possible, and, it should not and, uh, be partisan. And, but it, and it's
0: and it's a service that's actually mentioned in the Constitution, which is very unusual. It
1: is. Yes, it is. Uh, in fact, you know, our our founders uh, were very clear and about how important the postal service was to bind our country. The first postmaster general was Benjamin Franklin, of all people. Uh, and it is really about binding our country together, and that regardless of where you live uh, in the United States, uh, you have access to quality service for mail at, uh, at a uniform price, uh, which would be well, different than a private entity.
0: In, in the last couple of days, President Biden has nominated three new people to the board. Will that change the direction, do you think? And how is the postmaster general hired and fired? Is he uh, subject to the pleasure of the board or does he have a term of office? What, well, tell me a little bit about the structure.
1: Well, ultimately, it is. It is up to the Board uh, of Governors uh, to hire and potentially fire Postmaster uh, General. So uh, that is where the power resides. It, uh, it's independent through that Board of Governors. It's a panel of uh, nine uh, individuals that are on the Board of Governors. Currently, there are six, uh, and they, they do have, they, they are nominated through a partisan process. And right now, uh, these are three Democratic nominees uh, from President Biden. The, the six that are currently in place uh, make up four Republicans and two Democrats. So when, when these three are approved, uh, it would give a majority of the Board of Governors uh, board of governors that were appointed by uh, Democrats. Well, do
0: you think Mr. DeJoy, the Postmaster General, is genuinely trying to solve these problems, uh, or is he on some other kind of agenda? He, he, uh, he doesn't seem terribly responsive to Congress.
1: Well, and he, uh, he certainly wasn't uh, responsive when he first uh, came in. And as uh, you know, you and I were uh, leading the the fight to make sure that uh, election mail was going to get processed in a in an efficient uh, way. And, and in fact, around that time, he put in a number of policies and procedures that we know, because it was clearly demonstrated, it actually slowed down the delivery of mail and to slow so down were, the delivery of took,
0: mail. They took some sorting machines out in Maine. That you know yes. that help to to move things along and as far as i know those machines aren't coming back
1: no they uh they may not i mean that's why we're we're going to be pressing to make sure that service standards uh, are, are uh, maintained traditionally or what they should be uh, that may mean uh, you've got to put in uh, those kinds of machines when I mean, we had that policy went in place there was uh, schedules related to trucks that you had trucks that were leaving a postal facility uh, half empty uh, and had they waited a little bit they could have been full and if they're not if they're not uh, full that meant mail was sitting on the loading dock and took an extra day to go places there are all sorts of uh, issues uh, and uh, mr dejoy said it was about bringing more efficiency but it didn't have that impact and i was actually stunned by the fact that they could not deliver any analysis or or data to us to uh, to support the decisions that they were making from a management perspective uh, uh, that's uh, that's just uh, unacceptable and you know, there's certainly you've talked about, the part, or talked about the partisan part of the Postal Service. I do believe, unfortunately, that there are many Republicans uh, that really do not like uh, a Postal Service and, and want to have it privatized, and I think there is an agenda out there. If you slow down the mail and you make it more difficult for the Postal Service, uh, that may lead to calls to privatize the Postal Service, which I think would be disastrous uh, and particularly for rural communities
0: well exactly that's just what i was going to say the, let's let's remember the postal service wasn't set up to make money the postal right. service was set up as you said eloquently to bind the country and uh if if the, the first thing to go would be rural service uh, because that's you know why don't you have cable tv in extremely rural areas because the houses are too far apart the same argument would apply to to the postal service and, and smaller community uh post offices uh so it 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 ought to be somewhere close to break even i think but uh to to think of it as a business it's it's not it's a it's a it's a public service we don't expect the police department to make money uh or the fire department they provide a necessary public service well do you think gary that we're we're on track to to be able to do something about this 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 year
1: well, I think we have to. I think uh, we can't wait. Uh, some of the financial problems just continue to compound uh, the, the longer we wait. Uh, there is uh, legislation being formulated right now. In fact, uh, the House uh, held a hearing, had, had a hearing uh, with Postmaster General and the chair of the board. And I know uh, Chairwoman Maloney, who chairs that uh, committee, has got legislation to, to fix uh, the uh, uh, the prefunding requirement that you asked me about and the integration with Medicare. Those issues I'm hoping to take those up uh, in my committee in the Senate uh, as quickly as we can, as well. And uh, it's not a complete fix to the problem, but it's a meaningful step. It's a significant step, and I don't think uh, we have time to waste. We need to move it forward.
0: No, and 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 again, the it, my, my career in business tells me that uh, uh, raising prices and, and diminishing services is not a path to to success, uh, right? Uh, with your customers. Uh, well, Gary, I really appreciate the work that you're doing and, and joining us today. I should have mentioned at the beginning you're the you're the chair of the of the Homeland Security uh, Committee and and government oversight and and I think this is a I know this has been a really high priority for you and uh, I'm glad you're on it, man. Uh, stay stay with it and uh, let me know anything I can do to help. And and uh, the people of Maine are uh, I don't want to lay too much responsibility on you, Gary, but the people of Maine are counting on you. <laughs> To Help us <laughs> help us maintain this uh, help us maintain this critical service uh, uh, for our people
1: well, you can count I'm going to do everything I can and I just appreciate uh, your support because I know uh, you feel pretty passionate about this issue as well, and you understand uh, fully the importance of the postal service uh, and particularly in rural areas uh, this is something that we must uh, ensure stays a uh, quality service for Americans uh, for uh, for as long as we possibly can.
0: Well, that's great. I'm I'm going to turn now to a uh, to a, a letter carrier and talk about what's uh, what's happening on the ground and and get that perspective. But uh, Gary, thanks again and thanks for joining us uh, on Inside Maine. And uh, I'll look forward to working with you on this on on this issue. And uh, uh, I guess they have mail service in Michigan too, right? I mean, I, no, I, no, we I do indeed.
1: That. And and uh, <laughs> Michigan's got a lot of rural parts that are counting on it every day.
0: Absolutely. Gary, Gary Peters, uh, thank you so much for joining us and thanks for the work that you're doing uh, on, this, uh, on this issue. And stay with us uh, on Inside Maine for a further examination from the Maine point of view of what's going on with the Postal Service. Back in a minute. Welcome back to Inside Maine. We're talking today about an issue in Maine, but also all across the country, the Postal Service and how it's doing and delays and changes in management and whether we're going to be able to count on the Postal Service uh, not only today and tomorrow, uh, but into the future. I just uh, talked to uh, Gary Peters, who's the chair of the Homeland Security Committee of the Senate, who's taken a lead role in this subject. Uh, and now I want to take it to the to the streets, if you will, and talk to Mark Seitz, who's the president of the Maine State Association of Letter Carriers and uh, someone who has a long experience, uh, almost 20 years of uh, actually delivering the mail and, and uh, working with the Postal Service uh, here in Maine. Mark, great to have you with us, man.
2: Uh, thank you, Senator. I appreciate the uh, offer to come on.
0: Well, before we get going, I've got to tell you that all of my Christmases in college, I spent delivering mail. I was an excess carrier during the Christmas rush, and I sorted mail. I, I'm going to age myself. It was before zip codes, and we had to sort the mail. but <laughs> They give me this great big bag in the morning, and I got to tell you, Mark, it was it was about the hardest work I've ever done. So uh, I do have some understanding and empathy for your wonderful carriers who are out there day to day. Talk to me about the problems that you've seen and and what's gone on in the last couple of years. Are these policy changes being made at the national level uh, impacting Maine?
2: Uh, yeah, I think that you know you sort of had. Three different things all kind of hit at once. We've sort of had a staffing problem, at least with letter carriers, since probably early 2010s. They just cannot hire city carriers fast enough. So we've been short-staffed trying to get mail delivered. You know, we've had a slight decrease in volume over the last few years as far as letters and what we call flats, which are Magazines, newspaper-type size things, but the parcels have just skyrocketed, and it takes so much longer to deliver these parcels than it does the regular mail, the letters, and the flats. But most of the routes have increased in time, where they're not just eight-hour routes anymore; they're nine or ten on a normal basis. Uh, so you couple that in with the fact that we don't have enough people delivering mail. You know, fast forward to 2020, and the pandemic hits. The joy comes into office. You know, some of the stuff he instituted at the beginning was causing delays, machines taken out, like the other senator said, that, the you know, mail being left at plants and not getting on trucks. And when the pandemic hit, it's caused so much extra that we have to do uh, as far as our day-to-day stuff, uh, all the extra cleaning, all the extra gloves and masks and sanitizer that we all have to do every day. And we've had so many issues... yeah,
0: you, you put on top of that the stress of being understaffed, and that must create a turnover. Of, you, you're seeing, uh, I suspect, higher than traditional turnover.
2: Yeah, the letter carrier turnover rate is almost seventy percent right now. Oh, so my lord! So the yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not good. It's a very difficult job uh, in Maine. Uh, you you can have a carrier. Uh, right now we have some of the newer carriers working, you know, seven days a week, 13-, uh, 14-hour days, non-stop. I, I know the mail has been delayed. Uh, we've had a lot of service issues, but it's not for lack of effort. There's, there's a lot of people working a lot of days and a lot of hours to just try to get the mail delivered. And we've had some outbreaks with COVID, and, you know, if it shuts down an office or if it shuts down a plant that just delays things so much that you can never catch up. Um, and it's just in a, in a constant, constant battle uh, try, to try to get um, mail out the door. I mean, we have one office uh, in Maine that, you know, there's six routes there for city carriers. When we're only dealing with them, we only have four people to deliver them, um, you know, can't have these people if they're already working 13, 14, 15-hour days they just can't deliver all the mail. So there have been certain t- times and certain offices where, you know, a route or two routes or three routes just don't go out for delivery that day and it's it's true. I've seen it everywhere. Um the mail just with the amount of people that we have and all the extra stuff that we're doing and everything that's going on and it's just it's too difficult. The postal service is trying to hire for sure but we just can't get enough people on board to, 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 to ever catch up, especially uh, with the turnover rate that we have. It's just impossible.
0: Yeah, then you, then you end up spending a lot of time in training, uh, and that's costly. But what about, I mean, I understand that uh, during the last year they were taking out uh, sorting machines, and has any of that happened in Maine? I, I, I thought I heard that a couple of machines had been taken out in southern Maine somewhere, and is, that, that can't help.
2: Yeah, the Scarborough plant, uh, the processing and delivery plant, had two machines taken out. Um, I don't believe Bangor did uh, because there's two plants in Maine. Uh, but yeah, no, we have not had them um, return, so they're still gone.
0: Well, what do you? Uh, I mean, you you represent the letter carriers. You clearly have a have a, a, a difficult. Uh, Job and and as do the carriers. What what are the solutions? Uh, you know, you're t- now's your chance. <laughs> you're talking to a senator who's a friend of the senator who's making these, yeah. who's working on these changes. What do we have to do?
2: Well, one, well, we can't cut any type of service issues right now. I mean, our service standards or or anything like that. If anything, we need to get things sped up, not slowed down. Uh, you're not going to have people use the postal service if we're not reliable. And that's going to slow down business, and that's going to slow down what we have coming in uh, and and make the Postal service not trustworthy uh, and And you know, like you guys were saying, I mean we're we're you know older than America's pastime. We've been around for since 1700s, so uh, we know what we're doing. we just we got to get people in the office, and we can't cut standards, we can't cut service. We just gotta get more people hired. We gotta get a faster process. Um, and we just need to maintain it to the point where when we have finally have enough people to move the mail, to deliver the mail, to process the mail, I think that alone will speed up a lot of the issues that we've had. Um, obviously with the whole vaccine and the pandemic, I think uh, you know once hopefully we get the vaccines going, um, you know that won't necessarily shut down plants or post offices, uh, and just get the mail moving and back to what we were doing before 2019. Uh, I think where we were the most trusted federal agency in the country. Uh, we just need to get back to that and and move forward.
0: Well, what worries me though is they're talking about raising prices and cutting services. And as I said to Gary Peters, that's not that's not a recipe for either attracting or holding on to your customers. <laughs>
1: No, I mean, one
2: thing we have uh, for the most part is that we uh, deliver at a much lower rate than both FedEx and UPS. And, in fact, we uh, with the last mile delivery for both FedEx and UPS where they actually give us, I think, either 20 or 30% of their own packages because um, it, it's too costly for them to deliver their own packages. And a lot of that is in the rural areas of Maine well, where we're going really, where they don't go.
0: That's a really yeah. interesting point. That if you privatize the the postal service, the first thing they would do is do what FedEx and, and UPS do, which is not deliver to those rural areas. That's a that's a that, that it doesn't it's not economic, but it's a but it's 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 a lifeline. We can't let it oh, go absolutely. in that direction.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You you know, one of the you know, they'll cut whatever's costing them money. You know, driving to northern Maine and delivering up there not going to be profitable or the outskirts in western maine it's not going to be profitable and they and they'll they'll cut it or they'll do what like qps and fedex does they'll charge like surcharges to deliver things and saturdays and sundays they start they charge people surcharges to deliver and do the extra uh the postal service doesn't do that the postal service doesn't charge you extra uh to deliver anything on any day saturdays sundays it doesn't matter we don't charge extra for it
0: well that's right and that's what a postage I mean, a postage stamp rate means you put the stamp on, and it may go across town or it may go across the country, and uh, and and that's the way the system's supposed to work. And and uh, so that, that it it really worries me because periodically you hear these things: we're going to close rural post offices, or we're not going to uh, deliver on Saturdays. And uh, uh, I just I, I just worry about that direction. What about this pension prefunding pension issue? Is that is that something you're familiar with? And it, it, my impression is that's a big part of the financial problem of the, of the department.
2: Oh, yeah. It's, it almost shows there, all the money that the Postal Service has allegedly lost uh, over the years is from this pre-funding. And it's, it's future retiree health benefit premiums. So up until 2006, uh, OPM, the Office of Personnel Management, would just tell the Postal Service, this is your share, Uh, of your retirees for us to pay their health benefit premiums, and the Postal Service would just pay it year by year, no issues, no problems. 2006, they wanted us to pay it 75 years into the future and 80% of it in the first 10 years and continue to pay the year by year that we were already paying. So we're still, it was like double paying, and then we're paying further ahead for people that haven't even been born yet. And the Postal Service had had put in I think approximately 55 billion dollars into that account already uh which i think if people reevaluated it to um, how many employees we've lost over the years and automation a lot of people have said there's already enough money in there to, to pre-fund it as it is uh, but i think in 2000 and i'm going to guess here maybe 15 or 16 they just didn't have the 5 billion dollars a year to put aside like they did the first 10 years uh, and yeah. on paper, the, the figures it I've, like the figures I've, yep,
0: yeah, yeah, the figures I've seen, it would be pretty close to break even without that expense.
2: Yeah, the postal service was making money and makes money operationally. A lot of people still think the postal service um, takes taxpayer dollars, which it hasn't taken. I think since about 1974, hasn't taken any taxpayer dollars. It's all self-sufficient and operationally. Uh, except for, I think, two years, maybe 2008 when we hit the recession and then last year because of the pandemic, except for two years out of the last 15 or 16 years, operationally, the Postal Service has made uh, money uh, in upwards of the $800, 900000000 million range per year, which, you know, considering how much money it is, that's close to a break-even cost. You know, for a normal business, $900 million a year is like crazy money, but <laughs> it's just this pre-funding that makes it look like the, the postal service is losing money because on paper they have to record it as a loss.
0: Well, w- one other question uh, to to go back to the carriers and the uh, the lack of staff. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that post office jobs were considered pretty good jobs with decent pay and retirement. Uh, why is it hard to to hold the staff? Is it is it the stress? Is it the uh, uh, overworking that's uh, uh, keeping keeping people from sticking around?
2: It's a few different uh, issues, I think. Uh, One is uh, back in 2013, uh, there was a lot of non-career personnel that was hired within the Postal Service where you didn't get all the career benefits, the the retirement and the health insurance and all that stuff until, um, you know, you worked for a few years. So that kind of, Motivated some people before then uh, and after then not to consider it. Oh, well, if I'm working for two or three years and I'm not getting all the benefits, it might not be as worthwhile for me. Uh, So you add that into, uh, I think, part of the issue we have in some states, which is good most of the time, uh, with as far as the bigger the increase goes for the minimum wage for each state. And the closer it gets to where our starting wages, people don't necessarily want to work in a position that is as extremely physically difficult as ours is for only a dollar or two more an hour. I think that has also been an issue. Um, and the other one is, is just right now because of staffing, it's almost like a catch-22, is you're having so many people work so many hours that they're quitting so when we bring more people on, those next people work so many hours, and it just it just keeps going and going. We need to get to the point where we're fully staffed, where you're not working that many hours. You're not working seven days a week. You're not working 16-, 17-hour days. And if we settle that, then you would have a lot more people stay, uh, and you wouldn't have a 70% turnover rate.
0: Well, Mark, I I really appreciate what you, what you're doing, and I really appreciate what your people do. I when I'm at home, I always see the carrier, and they're they're always doing their job uh, every day, and uh, it's a it's a important critical service for the people of Maine. And and uh, I think if we all get together, hopefully uh, uh, in this year, now that it seems to have, it's coming to a head, and uh, people are recognizing the nature of the problem, maybe we can start taking some serious steps to fix it. So keep in touch with me and, and my office. And, uh, uh, I, again, I appreciate what you're doing, and, and uh, let's uh, hope better days are, are coming.
2: Well, I appreciate the, uh letting me come on, and I appreciate everything you guys are doing for us at the Senate to try to help help us get things straightened out and try to keep um, everything going and on a good flow and not slow things down. Uh, to the point where we can return to a very productive, uh, profitable postal service.
0: That's what we're going to do. Hey, thanks for being with us, Mark and Gary Peters, and uh, those of you joining us on Inside Maine. Neither snow nor sleet uh, nor freezing rain nor ice storms will keep us from our appointed rounds of working for you, and that certainly goes for the wonderful people of the post office. Thanks a lot. See you next time on Inside Main.